If summer doesn't sing in you, then nothing sings in you. And if nothing sings in you, then you can't make music. Come on, Elaine, let's take a ride. I was about to pop in some Verdi. La donna mobile, quanti malvento, mutata gento, e di pensiero. Maybe I'll check out France. Andiamo, notteiamo, la pulicula, pulicula, pulicula. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. All right, welcome back, Bam Fam. Happy New Year. It's time to talk another release from 2023, though. It's Maestro. One. Brought to us by Netflix and Bradley Cooper and Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese and a lot of other people. This is one that we've not put off for a while, but uh, since it wasn't theatrical wide release, we got to the theatrical wide release ones. And here we are. We got to hit a few more for the end of the year. So make sure you're subscribed to the show and become a VIP as well because 2024, fellas, has a lot of anniversaries, retrospectives. I guess in the VIP, we we revealed this. I don't know if we have on the main feed, but mm. we are doing a Tarantino mm. retrospective in the VIP this year. I'm excited. I've, go I've back. never seen a Tarantino film, so this will be, this will be a good time. <laughs> Yet I, ho- I host a film podcast. I'm not good at it. I'm not. Uh, you know. <laughs> no, that was literally our first episode was a Tarantino movie, so it'll be You're fun. Right to uh to dive in through his entire filmography month by month it'll be cool mm-hmm. and then we'll have an extra tier on the patreon that's just same retrospective but just about feet mm-hmm. yeah the feet and tarantino movies right? yeah yeah exactly what they said so go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash vip make sure you're subscribed all right maestro it is bradley cooper writing starring directing and, uh, you know, probably editing this thing, cinematographer, <laughs> everything I, I would imagine no had no one sits. Bradley Cooper's fingerprints on it for this one. Let's toss it to Richard first, because I know you're the classical musical guru other than myself go that far, yeah, on the no. show. So I know. Uh, yeah. How much were you anticipating this and general thoughts? Yeah, heard about this for a few years. Loved Star is Born, so was really interested in in Cooper as filmmaker. Has he kind of changed from, you know, the the first uh, incarnation of his his self into you know like maybe oh is this going to be like the Robert Redford of our time or the Eastwood of our time? And so you know, and then I'd heard about this film because Spielberg was going to make it for years. I love Leonard Bernstein. I find him a very fascinating person, but it also is a really cool story about that era of like New York city and a lot of different things there. And I had heard for years from like a lot of people in the know, including like this year, we talked about it on that one of those podcasts with Affleck when he's promoting uh, air. He was like, that's the best script I've ever read. I don't know if it was the Josh Singer one mm. uh, because Bradley Cooper did a rewrite on this. Um, so the post owned Josh Singer wrote this and then Bradley Cooper changed it. Um, and they both have screenwriting credit, I believe. And I think it was a collaborative. I, I know it's a different film than what Spielberg wanted to do originally. Yes. Spielberg and Bradley Cooper were talking about it on, I guess, uh, some screening. Yeah. At, uh, 
Q&A. And he, Riley Cooper said basically they had the script, but as they were shooting, they would get an idea for a scene. And if yeah. they could work it in, they would. So I think that, you know, they were open to improvising if need be. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the buzz going into this was, yeah, but they improvise to the point where Cooper has like a screenwriting credit too, which is not hard. To, exactly. It's hard to get if yeah. you're just improvising, right? Um, just because of unions and things like that. So I think there was at least some actual like tangible writing as well. Um, sure. Cause he came on this kind of late Cooper did, you know, it was kind of a development forever. Yeah. It, it was, it was a movie. I was real. It was probably my most anticipated Oscar type film of the year. I thought this could be great. Such an interesting thing. Saw the trailer. I was like, that looks a little more biopic than I expected only because this was sort of talked about and presented as not a biopic, more of a real cinematic achievement that celebrates this great, you know, American artist. And it's like, that kind of seems kind of by the note. And then you, you start hearing so much about the, the, how great Carrie Mulligan is in this film. And, uh, okay, that's cool. And that happens a lot with the biopic, uh, genre. You think about, I made me think a lot of Reese Witherspoon winning the Oscar for, for walk the line. Right. It's like, mm. It's like the cool take to be like the the person playing the person the movie's about is not interesting. Let's do, let's talk about the other person. Not necessarily, a lot of times very much warranted, but like it's kind of on the nose to, um, you know. And so anyway, saw it a couple weeks ago. I've been thinking about it a lot. And yeah, it's it's a really uneven movie. It's funny, the part the parts to me that are the most structured, you know, the big set pieces, the pe- the things that read probably the biggest in the script, the things that Cooper was probably so excited to act and direct. A lot of those fell pretty flat for me. It was the little moments that made this interesting that almost seemed, I don't know if they're written or improvisational, but those kind of like conversational party scenes where he kind of really, I, you know, I, I didn't know Leonard Bernstein, so I, I can't say it's like accurate, but it feels like this human person, you know, where he's like mm-hmm. maybe flirting with someone or, having this kind of interest in this kind of frantic brain of his that's like moving constantly. Those those scenes really worked for me. And I thought that's electric. That's something I haven't seen before in a biopic because that doesn't feel like look how me. Uh, but then so much of the rest of the film does feel like that. And kind of is like, yeah, it's fine. I get it. Like you're going, you're going for that Oscar. Like it's so Oscar-y, all of that. I also didn't care for like I didn't care for like the first, I thought the black and white was just so like, we get it. Like it's the early years have to look different than all that. And also that stuff of him kind of falling into that, to that, uh, into the role of maestro for the New York Philharmonic. um, That felt a little, uh, you know, and also his, you know, initial meeting Carrie Mulligan and also his, you know, his sort of partner and boyfriend at the beginning of the film. And I, I, Blank on the actor's name. Look at him. So he, I thought he was excellent, but I thought a lot of that fell fell a little flat. So, yeah. Um, no pun intended. Again, everything's musical. So, but yeah, it's it's a that that just seems so like in the worst ways. And I again, I I feel like my role on this is to like on this show is to critique Spielberg. Um, obviously he's a genius, the most important director ever. I just, but it's like <laughs> was so on the nose Spielbergian to me that first hour mm. of like here's how you're supposed to feel here's all the exposition the music note's going to hit that isn't it's in black and white get it because this is early in his life and he's going to come into color and that's going to be cinematic of of a new life all of that i don't know to me it was like the worst parts of spielberg again the great genius of american cinema but all, all the worst parts of him in some ways and so yeah so this will be it's definitely not like a bottom 10 movie i saw this year but 
certainly is like the, probably my most disappointing movie, which is on me. I was just really excited at the subject matter. Loved Cooper's one foray in the directing, thought it was really showed a lot of promise. And this doesn't dissuade me from him, but like this was trying so hard. You know, it there was a funny tweet this week that's like they showed the the scene of him, you know, conducting the Mahler. That was the other thing I was really excited about. All the promo for this for the last year and a half. I've heard Cooper talk about all the Mahler. Mahler is my favorite composer. So I was just really excited to hear that music, all of that. I will admit, I saw this on Netflix. That probably would have been more stirring in a theater. I wish I could have gotten there and done it. So mm-hmm. I won't critique that, but I was not as moved by um, the music in parts as I thought I would be. But but the scene of him really, go- you know, the Oscar scene of him, you know, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, he learned how to conduct the six minute piece of music. And uh, he's he's no tar, you know, or queen tar, but he, <laughs> uh, but it, <laughs> It was like, um, which is a, a great, wonderful scene, but is, is, is anyway, there was a great tweet of him. That scene, it was like, this is what happens when you lose to uh, the Freddie Mercury movie. It's like, it just broke his brain um, to lose to Bohemian Rhapsody. And so now this is what he's doing for his Oscar, um, and which is the, which is diagnosable Amy Adams syndrome. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking for a cure and that's where all the Patreon money goes to. We're trying to find a cure for Amy Adams syndrome. Dozens are are afflicted every year. Um, but that, those are my initial thoughts. Sorry, I've been going on too long. I'll throw it over to throw it over to Brian. <laughs> Go for it, Brian. Yeah. I, uh, I was excited about this. I was excited for the, the Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper is one of my favorite actors. Uh, and we haven't really seen him doing much post a star is born. Like every credit he has is if you go to his IMDb is, is voice or the cameo in Dungeons and Dragons, you know? I think he's a great actor and I was excited to see the movie. I was also excited, honestly, because I knew you guys were were excited about this. I don't know hardly anything. I mean, I know that I know his name. I know the I don't know that I could give you five the bullet REM, points. The REM on, song. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if I could have given you five bullet points on uh sure. on, on Leonard Bernstein before uh, this movie is just not in my wheelhouse, but I know you guys were super, super stoked about it. Um, and, and sometimes I really like coming in here, watching a movie and talking about a movie that you guys are excited about, um, and, or have knowledge on that. I don't, I think it's, that's something I actually really dig about the show. Um, the trailer was fine. And then the, you know, the, the reviews, as I say, I feel like I've said multiple times recently, so I'll, I'll try my best to stop saying it. I don't, I don't read reviews or listen to pods or, anything like that on a movie before I have seen the movie. Uh, but I do kind of do just like a general vibe check on how things are going. And part of that is just coming from, I'm very active in our, in our discord and there's so anybody who saw this movie before us, it, you know, you're going to get some reactions on that in the various channels and stuff. Um, it didn't seem like it was going great. And I, man, it reminded me a little bit. You you said this, Richard, and I, I. This was that was my first thought. Was this is kind of a two movies jammed into one movie kind of thing. It reminded me a little bit of Babylon last year, that um, where I really liked the uh, the the movie making part of that movie a lot, mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot, like a plus a lot, and I I really hated most of the uh partying and debauchery because mm-hmm. and because it just felt like such a different movie i don't hate anything in this movie um not like babylon but but it does feel a little bit schizophrenic and self-servy and um 
yeah, I it's 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 a complicated one. It feel it feels like a movie that is probably going to succeed in winning some some uh, major awards and, you know, <laughs> Kent sent over the, I think the uh the last 10 best actors at the Oscars and this falls right in line, so I I would I would start putting money on it uh just based on recent history. Um, I think it's probably going to succeed in uh, winning some awards. I think that it may succeed in kind of getting the monkey off of Bradley Cooper's back a little bit. Uh, not just with, not just if he succeeds in winning the Oscar, but also just in this is clearly a passion project that he really wanted to see through. And so maybe that will kind of, Maybe finishing that will kind of let him get back to making movies, <laughs> just like actually doing movies. Uh, he's also, again, one of my favorite actors. Love Bradley Cooper. Kind of weird lately, like kind of been weird in that the the actors roundtable stuff, and some of the vibe is not is is maybe not great right now. I feel like, and and so maybe some of this takes some pressure off, and he can just get back to being kind of like. A normal actor well, guy. I blame, um, he's an Eagles fan, so blame that on. <laughs> There's that. There is that. Um, I think it could succeed in both of those things, and also kind of be um, a little bit of a failure in terms of making like a really good quality movie. I think this is a fine movie. Um, the the kind of pushback on like he's really no one has ever wanted an Oscar more than than Bradley Cooper does. Um, I think there's some truth to that, but again, I would say Amy Adams does exist. So um, that is a factor that we have to to play into this. And I think it's fair to say too, like, again, he lost the Oscar in 2018. Uh, I don't remember what I had on my, my fake ballot that year, but I definitely had him uh, higher than, than the Oscars did, I think. So, uh, but he, I guess you could say like, Hey, this is your, this is, the only time since then we're five years out from that and that COVID blah, 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 blah. We can forgive you one, one very um, shameless attempt at winning an Oscar. If this turns into a trend, then that becomes a, a bit of a different story. But yeah, it's uh, to, to, I guess just to wrap that up, I think it, it it's, I think it is possible for the movie to be successful in some of its intentions and also for it to not have been as good of a movie as it maybe should have been. And as the subject matter dictated. So successful but unsuccessful at the same time for me yeah i think this is a person leonard bernstein that means enough to enough people that bradley cooper couldn't do this uh without going unfortunately for us all in like triple all in like quadruple <laughs> daniel day lewis times probably a little bit more all in on this uh, person considering he was directing the movie uh, and par partially writing it as well. So, you know, anytime you do that, you're, it's gonna be a certain way. And he said he went to the New York Philharmonic four nights a week for three and a half years to research this movie. I can't even comprehend that level of dedication to anything. And maybe I should try, see where it gets me, because Bradley Cooper is certainly further in life 
than I am. But, um, I mean, he was super invested in this role. He said when he was a kid, he wanted a conductor's baton for Christmas because he was so into Leonard Bernstein and just, you know, conducting in general and classical music. There's not much nuance to this, but at the same time, he's doing a movie about a real person and (laughs) wanted to, I guess, do certain things a certain way. Uh, I thought this was fine. I was more impressed by Cooper's direction than I was his performance. (laughs) Like if maybe it had been somebody else uh, playing Leonard Bernstein, I'd be more into this or be less, a little less Oscar Beatty. Maybe he could bring a little bit more nuance into the role than he did. But I thought he directed the heck out of this. Um, I'm kind of glad it had the different aspect ratios, different colors, just because it was easier to follow that way. I think if it was all one thing and you were doing the jumping back and forth and maybe it would certainly feel a little bit, um, even if it feels a little bit Oscar Beatty, it's probably because uh, he's just like, this is all I've been doing for four years is Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> and so that's just a, uh, the way it goes. I don't, I don't even think this gets much Oscar love, guys. Though I don't think you know, either. like I think it's it's fine. I mean, we'll see. The March it's certainly not in my thing. top ten of the year right now or anything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I wouldn't pencil this in for for anything with how competitive this year has been on on a lot of fronts. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it did, but it didn't feel like after seeing this, like oh, that's definitely gonna gonna you know get some awards i thought it can it could it can netflix will probably pay for yeah some of that but um yeah i i thought it was a more of a love story kind of relationship drama than than biopic type of thing going on and i don't know if i would have preferred if they had leaned more one way or the other gone the priscilla route or the you know bohemian rhapsody route but Man, it is uh, quite the undertaking, Richard, to the Mahler scene. Mm. And, you know, since it is the big kind of tentpole scene of the film, just watching that, I mean, the dedication, there is so much nuance. I mean, you can speak to this. There's so much nuance in conducting, right? You can't I, just I mean, go I up can't. there and no, and, and wave, but, wave your arms. No. But I would say other actors have and i don't think people are like they're not really conducting but i think he set him up for that i mean if you look at something like tar or what was the one um oh the mr bean one (laughs) that's like the most yeah (laughs) iconic one but like i don't if i i don't know if kate blanchett truly learned to conduct for that role however the entire marketing campaign of that film was not she learned to conduct for this role like this one was like that seemed like a big piece of the messaging in a, in a way that was like, oh, okay, when I go, when most people go, yeah, it looks like you, you could learn that as a dance and it would be, it would, it would take you yeah. eight weeks and not six years or whatever he said it took. Like there was some yeah. funny stuff. It's like my guy, like eight hours a day. Like, did you have to, did you just start with music theory and then work with that? like define the right. six years better? Right. Did you start yeah. and then take three years off and then start up again? Yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> maybe. It's, uh, I don't know. What's the, 
Is it is it okay to be impressed by something but not be uh, to not love it? Yeah, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, totally. Like, I'm really impressed by rock climbing, but it in no <laughs> way is something I want to do or anything like that, or want to watch or anything like that. I feel like that about this performance. Like, I'm extremely impressed by it, but not in a way that I feel like we should just be giving this guy every single Oscar. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, award. I might even take it so far as to say, I'm, I'm impressed by what you did here. I'm not sure I care. Right. So that's probably not great. And some of that's just biopic. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's hard to make a good, we, we saw a couple of good biopics this year. One being Oppenheimer, which is not an, uh, you know, non-traditional biopic. I saw the iron claw this weekend and I've, I mean, that's going to be, I think, our episode next week, so I won't spoil it, but, man, I loved it. It's kind of, it's a biopic as well. It's just, it is hard to do this kind of thing well because it's boring. Biopics are just generally kind of dull and basic and boring, and you respect when you're like, I mean, maybe some of that's, maybe that's part of it too, is just like, well, we're, we're, I'm going to learn to conduct because I don't want this to be boring. I want it to be, I want to be done well if I am passionate about this and the passion will come through on the screen, and so... Like, I think you said it well, Kate. Like it's it is impressive, but also there's part of me that's just like get out of your own butthole, dude. Like it's just <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> when Brian Cox is is talking crap about this kind of acting, then and this isn't even like the method. In some ways, this is a different kind of method than what he was referring to. But it it I think it probably applies. It's like I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there's probably better ways we can use our use our time. I don't know. Or I maybe I would even just say it's great that, that you want to do that, but that doesn't mean that I have to really care or love it, care about it or love it. I guess. Yeah, so she even doesn't move you or like you know, at the end of the day, it's an emotional response. So like all the technique right. in a war in the right. world, whether it's acting or directing or whatever, um you know, is it gonna is it going to uh raise to those those heights that you're so obviously lofting towards? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And but there are, I do think the thing that makes this different than like some like pretty embarrassing versions of this mm-hmm. type of movie is there are moments where he gets there. And you yeah, go, I that agree. felt real. Agree. That was yeah. cool. Like I felt yeah. like I know that person better now. It's just not for two and a half hours. You know what it reminds me of? Totally. A- a- another movie that I was really impressed by, but you know, it was my thing, the Liberace movie with um, Yeah. With Damon. Wasn't Damon in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damon and Michael yeah. Douglas. And Douglas. Yeah, yeah. Just, but that uh, was an HBO movie, like yeah. Soderbergh did right. it, and it just—you're right. totally right, Kent. Like that's a very good movie, and this isn't worse than that. But like the pretense of this one was like, this is cinema. Yeah. This yes. he lived. He went to the, you know, Michael Douglas didn't go. I started piano lessons, right? All yeah. from scratch totally. for nine years to play Liberace. He was like, yeah, I just pretended mm-hmm. like I was Liberace. Right. And then I, you know, did my other hobby, but you know, it wasn't, it's just like when you set yourself up with that, it, if it doesn't fully land the plane, it's like, it gets everyone's eyes are rolling. Even someone like me who enjoyed large parts of this film. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think it lands the plane in terms of being a good biopic about Leonard Bernstein. I don't I think, agree. I don't think, uh, sure. If we're talking about, this had to be I don't think that was for the best picture intent. or it's a failure. I don't know if that's uh, 
if he failed, I mean, of course he failed there because I don't think this will even be nominated for Best Picture, probably. Yeah, I mean, so, sure, I I think I think that it's unfair to, in some cases, I think it's unfair to add like expectation and or aspiration to, um, like the, the to to kind of burden a movie with that. But this is definitely a case where everyone involved. Yeah, did that themselves. I mean, it's not. That's not. Exactly. Uh, it's not us being like, well, it's not a best picture contender for us, so it's a you know, it's a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to say, um, that's very clearly. There's a line item I guarantee you this. in Netflix's budget for the Oscar campaign for this movie. Yes, fifteen 100%. months ago. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah. you can't get sure. at us for that when when you guys are are you know it, that is an unfair. You know, this is not best picture. Thus, it is a failure. That is in a vacuum, of course, unfair. But like this has been treated for, again, two years as, you know, the 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 film, of, you know, his masterpiece, Cooper's masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, if mm-hmm. it is, then he has a a a good to very good masterpiece. But like, I don't right. think he's happy with that because I think yeah, he, I think he's aiming pretty high on like what he wants his next ten years to be, and he's shown. Uh, I think Star is Born was a revelation with him as a director. Um, I think it's a more consistent film than than this because um, I think it's it's written maybe a little, it, you know, it doesn't have that grand grandiose piece of it. But both films show someone that I think has a best picture in them as a director. It's just I think everyone expected it to be this until like four months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but doesn't mean he won't. His next one could be, you know, the greatest. He's he's really you're right, Ken. I think this is really well directed in a lot of different ways. You know, I like the, the juxtaposition between him and his and his Felicia. Some yeah. of the I don't know if it was editing or what, but some really impressive cuts between those mm-hmm. people. I don't know how they did some of that CG. Maybe I don't. I'd have to go back and you know frame by frame it to see how some of it was done, but. It was, uh, you know, for a guy who's this is his second movie ever. This is a uh, totally. It seemed like mm-hmm. you know he did have Spielberg sitting next to him, like you know, here's how you cut this montage or whatever. So uh, that's well, that's what I said. I'm more impressed. I, my takeaway for this is wow, Bradley Cooper could be a real. He could be the real deal director. I think so too because I, totally I like the so. Star Is Born and and what I've seen here in terms of. They, uh, you know, the pacing and all that. Uh, Absolutely, it was it was pretty good. So, and I think it's weird. It's the scenes, like I said earlier, too, that like that aren't like the ones. Like for example, the scene that sets up the Mahler piece, the hate in your heart scene, right? Mm-hmm. Where she okay, and then he hugs her at the end of the Mahler piece, and she goes, "There was no hate in your heart." Okay, that's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's the you know of him conducting that really romantic moment or whatever reconciliation. It's a very good scene. Everyone, that's the Oscar scene, whatever. The scene that sets that up, the fight in the, I don't know if it's the house, if it's Mm -hmm. in a hotel room or the house, that's, I think, a much more compelling scene. I mean, they're just like really great in that. And that's like, again, those are those like little human moments that are throughout the film. Wait, which one are you talking about? Which fight? (laughs) Because there's a lot of them. No, there's a lot of them. Um, The one that sets where she says there's hate in your heart. Yeah, the big one in their apartment. The one at the parade? From, like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's my favorite, yeah. probably my favorite scene in the movie. It's an unbelievable scene. It's so well directed. The, it's so well the, acted the, and all that. The I was well, wondering, I was like, 
I, they must have had screens outside the window with the balloons coming by. That looked so real. It looked yeah. like they were in the middle of the mm-hmm. Macy's parade. Yeah. That was awesome. It was super awesome. But like that to me is like, that's the Oscar scene way more than uh-huh. the like what everything's being marketed as. Like, look at, but to me, that's like the, the, the actors kind of, not necessarily ego. I don't think it's like comes from that kind of place, but it's like this, I feel like he had that conducting scene in his brain three years ago when he started on this four years. And that's obviously he's working on that for six years for that to be the money scene. And it's just sort of like indicative of the entire film where it's like, that's not what I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember that beautiful Macy's parade scene that sets all that up. I think to me, that's like the masterpiece of the movie. And I think he probably thought of that two months before they started shooting. You know what I mean? It's like the little moments that work better than the big ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, it could go a few different ways. I think it might be for the audience in, in a certain way to make them feel like they've been at this symphony in the yeah. in the theater or at home or whatever. Make them really feel it's cool. the energy of of what that's like. I liked the way he did that though with the big, you know, Letier shot. I should say uh, the <laughs> real slow one with the reveal of Felicia at the at the uh, watching him. You know, yeah. I didn't expect that, and that was. But it's based cool, on real cool footage. Moment. Like there's a real it, shot of that kind of similarly with yeah. with with Bernstein. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, uh, that. That certainly wasn't the the thing I I left thinking about, but it felt uh, you know impressive in the moment. I was like, oh wow, he's really conducting yeah. the orchestra. I mean, you watch the it's orchestra, cool. and it they're actually watching him as he's conduct. You know, he's like totally. he's really conducting a real orchestra there. It's not like they're playing to a track or anything like that. That's oh. uh, totally totally great. So what this makes me feel like it's like a stunt though, almost, and like the drama yeah. that built. You know, a great stunt in like a Tom Cruise movie. It's uh-huh. cool, but like sometimes it's that scene that sets up, you know, when they pull up, start initiating the heist. That's like what is the cooler part of the movie. That's how, what it reminded me of. So what it reminds me of is Tar, obviously, <laughs> but Tar is like John Favreau's Chef, and this is like Bradley Cooper's Burnt. <laughs> <laughs> That's so harsh. That's so harsh. <laughs> you just We're trying to do the same thing. One does it with a lot more nuance and understanding than the other does. <laughs> one, the the other one's really going for it, and one wasn't. One was just trying to be, you know, just a movie. So rank these conductor movies, fellas. Oh, now we're talking. Maestro, Tar, August Rush. Mm. Or Mr. Holland's Opus. Mm. Oh, man. What are we ranking on their success as a movie or as a meme factory? Because Tar, clear winner. August Rush, (laughs) pretty good memes. I don't know if you followed. And Mr. Holland's Opus, great meme potential. It does. We should should get in and start putting those on Giphy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, Tar is like the Nikola Jokic of meme movies where it's like that's a late round draft pick that just really worked out. Like we're still there's <laughs> there's still so many so much good Tar bits online a year later and it's such a movie you would never pick that would be bit worthy. Like that's going to be a movie like weirdly like Jude is familiar with it. He'll never see it. That's the funny right. part. But like he'll know of yeah. Tar because of some weird meme or something in, in 15 years man i don't know i haven't seen mr hollow's opus in a long time but i remember liking it is it bad 
What well, hazards you drive is so. I know. I was going <laughs> to say for yourself. <laughs> it does have the mom from Yes Dear though, right? I think does have the yeah, August Rush right. does have the weird kid from the the Burton Wonka movie. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's true. Yeah, Isn't that the, the kid he the... that show's gone real meme heavy too. The Good Doctor. <laughs> There's a yeah, lot is of that that same on. guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, Freddie Highmore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know it was the same guy. That makes total sense, though. Um, I'm going one tar, two maestro, uh huh, August Rush, and Mr. Holland's opus. Okay, okay, yeah. that's tough for me. I think that I like the acting better in tar. Tar made me feel stupid. This didn't make me feel stupid. Tar. The dumbest part, the stupidest part was was the REM thing. I mean, come on. That was so dumb. <laughs> I mean, you could be listening to the song or REM the band, but for him to be listening to the line of Leonard Bernstein as he's driving up, like, really, yeah. Brad? Yeah. You were tough. doing a good job until that moment. You know, What's a weirder ending? Tar directing video game music or 90-year-old Leonard Bernstein in a Bernstein in a in a Miami nightclub dancing, dancing yeah. into the credits. It's <laughs> pretty odd. Pretty odd either way. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was tears for fears. I think some of the like general disassociation people have after this movie ends is, is can be laid at the foot of that choice. Cause it's yeah, pretty, it's you're odd. with it. And then you're just like, I mean, I, you know, maybe that's accurate. Maybe you just really partied it up after his wife died, but, but uh, it's such a, <laughs> such a jarring and then it like pauses right. like at the end of cool runnings or something and then just credits <laughs> that was so bizarre cool runnings cool runnings I don't know. how could you remember the ending of cool runnings just i've seen cool runnings specific... seven thousand times yeah oh. Oh. cool runnings is my tar oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means all right and Looking at my notes here, uh, got in the August Rush and Mr. Holland's Opus jokes. Good. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. All right. That's it. Carrie Mulligan's really yeah. She's great. No. Yeah, she's great. She is good. I'm with Richard that it did seem a little odd that it, not even odd, it felt very- uh, Movie hipster. Yeah. An early 2000s film, nah, early 2010s film nerd Twitter of like- to ignore the the uh, main performance and and not even the male female part of it, just like, but what about the? Did you? This was a revelation over here, you know. And it's like, I mean, she, she's very good. She's always yeah, been she's a very one good. One of the best actors. She's alive. I mean, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she is great. I do think. I think one of the reasons why that performance is maybe you come out of it feeling like it resonated a little bit more is because I think a lot of the emotional connection of the movie is to her, and in some ways, I I I. I give I give Bradley Cooper the director a lot of credit mm. for um making those scenes go that giving uh her the space to like have that be the the main focus of uh the those sections but then also I it <laughs> I take even I detract it even a little bit more away from Bradley Cooper the actor because I feel like his, some some of his Oscar heaviness kind of um negates the opportunity to emotionally connect with his own movie. It's kind of an odd, odd thing, but uh, yeah, I, I thought she was very good. And of the two performances, hers is the one that I would, 
I would lean at this point towards on an Oscar kind of thing more so than Brad than the Bradley Cooper part. Other um, little nitpick on that, like I expect that mm-hmm. from audiences because it's true. Like she's better in this than him overall. She's mm-hmm. a great actress. The billing her first thing is the most like faux humble. Yeah. Like right. I don't know that like. Bradley, you're going so big for the Oscar on here. You wrote, you directed. Right. The movie's right. called Maestro. It's about a conductor. You, go ahead and just throw yourself build first. Like, right. no, it's you really about her. It's like, that. no, that's it's not yeah, actually really about exactly. her. She's great in exactly. it. She's awesome. It's about Letterbird stuff. Well, and you could sell me on that before I saw the movie, right. maybe. You right. know, but then I see the movie. I'm like, no, it isn't. It's super duper not. Um, and because you. <laughs> Because the actor version of you was not having that conversation at all. The director may have been, but yeah. the actor part of you was not. So, but she's great. By the way, Hollywood Reporter has this. This is post post Christmas, mm-hmm. so about a week old. But has this in the running on best picture, best actor, best actress, and best screenplay. Like in in the uh, you know the top five or the top. Yeah, 10 I think the, the long Oscar sense. season will be kind of this too because that gets him out there really doing his yeah. the movie star For thing. Sure. Yeah, you know, I th- currently has him as the as director as outside the top five, which is that's, annoying. That's funny. Yeah, to us. we would have probably done yeah, it. The direction's much better on this than the performances, mm-hmm. personally. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I agree. I think she's great. She, you know, comes out once every ten years, wins an Oscar, and goes back into her. <laughs> Mumford Hole and you know, <laughs> forget till the next that. till the next one yeah. comes around. She starts pounding that kick drum for Marcus. <laughs> she so does write a new Ted Lasso song. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> still one of the best. One of the best things they have, uh, any band's ever done was having that forte oh, yeah. music video. Hope was wandering with Sudeikis and. Just wish it had been yeah. like Sandberg instead of uh, Ed Helms. Ed, Ed Helms. Helms. That would yeah, have been but they heard there. Was, he heard there was an upright bass in it and just showed up. Uh, yeah, he they, they he actually <laughs> did that for free and they got to use all of his his equipment yeah. that he had at his house. So kind of had to. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's hit a grade here, fellas. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go straight B. What about you, Richard? I'm going to go B minus. Give this like an 82. Wow. Brian. Uh, I thought it would be the lowest of you, and I think I turned out the highest. I'll go a light B plus. Nice. Well, we shall see then. If this does get any noms, maybe we'll talk about it again in some context. So stay tuned for that. But until then, let's hit a weekly recommend, fellas. Weekly recommend. All right. What you got? Richard? This book, it's called Generations. Um, it's by Gene, I want to say, Twenge, I believe, PhD. It's all about the difference. It's like a pop psych uh, book about, um, you know, Gen X v. Boomers v. But like actually really thought through and not just what we all whine about each other about. Um, it's a really interesting book about if you're, if you all think in any kind of specialty work around like any kind of like, um, this is not the intent of the book, but if you're in any kind of like marketing or, um, really thinking about how to, you know, what a persona is, who, who your target audience is and any type of create creative work or, um, scientific work, even things like that is a really, um, great book to kind of cite and to think about, uh, the differences in generations, obviously, and the book makes sure it pre-qualifies a ton. 
these are not like universe, you know, there's obviously exceptions to every rule, but it does really create that context and um, kind of thought starters for how to talk to different audiences differently uh, based on kind of what the world was like as they grew up or whatever. So yeah, it's called Generations, uh, Jean, G-E-A-N, Twenge, T-W-E-N-G-E, I believe. Uh, she's a, she's a, a, a doctor. Awesome. Good pop sociology there for you. Nice, nice. Brian, what you got? Uh, I'm going to recommend a book as well. I'm still not quite finished with it, but I'm I'm enjoying the read, so I'll, I'll I'll roll with it. This may have been a Richard weekly recommend at some point. Uh, it's called The Devil's Candy by uh, Julie Salomon. It's about uh, it's about the making of the Bonfire of the Vanities. The uh, oh, nice. No, Brian, okay. I did I did recommend the book The Bonfire of the Vanities. Though. Oh, okay, that's right. That's what I'm. Thinking that's what about. it was. That was my big like giant fiction book I read like all last spring because it's a million pages. But yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, uh, look, it's in the audible plus catalog, which I love. I love when you find a book and I don't, I don't have to spend the credit on it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's always a great, a great little find, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm curious when I finish it, I'm going to do a deep dive on like, how did, how did we get all this information? Cause it is, it is a lot, it is a lot of firsthand knowledge and quotes and all this kind of stuff about this movie, which is. If you don't know is one of the biggest flops of of uh, of the decade and like in another world could have ruined careers and stuff maybe you could argue kind of did with De Palma um but yeah Brian De Palma directing Tom Hanks Morgan Freeman Melanie Griffith just a a plethora of well-known actors and actresses it's a it's a huge book huge bidding war to get the rights to make the movie all this kind of stuff, and it turned out to be one of the worst, one of the biggest flops of of the decade. And uh, it is, I've read a lot of this kind of of these books about um, behind the scenes on movies, or more frequently on like era of movies and things like that. We've we've over the years, the three of us, we've recommended several of those movies. Yeah, it is mega in depth, man. Like there is, there is so much information here. Interesting. Um, and I'm, yeah, it's, it's, I'm going to read that so hard. So, Thank you so much for that. Yeah, dude, you, I, I think dude, it was just for me. Yeah. I really enjoy it. And I think, I think I'm going to do in the VIP this year is I'm going to try to do a half dozen or so episodes, like bonus episodes where I, I just go watch a movie I've not seen before and, uh, and try to do like a short solo episode on it or like bring in one of you guys or a guest or something like that, just to like have extra conversations about, some movies that maybe don't warrant like our throwback attention necessarily, but um, just another like, oh, okay, this could be an interesting one to talk about for a few minutes. Um, and I'm going to do this because I've never seen Bonfire of the Vanities. So I'm going to go back and uh, and watch that after I finish this movie and do a little a little bonus episode on it in, in the VIP. So um, if you're interested in that, if you want to hear more of me, I can't imagine why, um, you know, subscribe over there. Yeah, really good, really good book, uh, Devil's Candy, Julie Salomon. Yeah, All right, I'm gonna recommend a doc. Did you guys have you guys seen this Millie Vanilli doc? Yes, still on no. my to watch list because Lindsay is very interested in that. We haven't had time. To oh, watch it's it, but uh, man, it's great. Nice. So check it out. Very nice. It's called Millie Vanilli, but uh, yeah, it's about them. Awesome. The whole saga, and you know what? It really is more of a loophole in the industry than it was like any fault of two dudes <laughs> mm-hmm. which was they basically got taken advantage of by a producer but 
It's a very good doc. This is well done. So check it out. Awesome. Millie Vanilli. All right. There you go. Check out the VIP this week as we talk Dodgeball, starring Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, all of your favorites from the 2000s. And uh, we'll be back next time at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.